Amen. A gift from Jesus is our series this Christmas. A gift from Jesus. So this morning I want us to unwrap some joy. All right? Turn to your neighbor and say joy. Joy. Have you ever had a Christmas gift you didn't want? Okay, so we're about to be opening presents. Some of you already opened them. And it's that moment where you get the, maybe let's say it's a shirt. You get the shirt and you pull it out and you're like, oh, thank you. You know, it's like the one I always never wanted. You know, it's like totally lime green and checkered and plaid or something. You know, it's like something completely not your style or it's like itchy all over and you're just, Lord bless you, you know, and, and it goes in the back of your closet because you got to wait a few weeks till you get rid of it. You know, that's just the rule. Uh, and, and it's kind of one of those things. It's like, ah, this really is shirt. Maybe the shirt's too loud. How many know what I mean when I say the shirt's too loud, right? It's too bold. It's too bright. Maybe it's not your style. You're thinking if I walked out of the house, I'd never hear the end of it. Uh, what would people say if I wore that? Uh, when I was a teenager, uh, God was really drawing uh, me to himself. And I, there were several things he wanted to give me that I really said, that's too loud for me. That's a little too much. It's not really my style. Uh, I don't wear stuff like that. Uh, I wasn't really one for putting on joy. It just wasn't my style. You know, some people are naturally bubbly. And I don't know if you know this or not, but some people are born sarcastic, and I just had that gift. Uh, I was born sarcastic, and, and I, could, I could do that. I could cut those witty jokes and uh, be a little pessimistic and negative. So I was the latter. So I really didn't get excited about much. I was very much in control of my emotions. I, uh, I wasn't uh, much to be happy. In fact, I remember some of our first arguments early on in our dating relationship. Beth would just be like, why don't you get angry? You know, like, why don't you show some emotion when you fight? And I'm just like, no, I'm cool, calm, collected. I'm good. Uh, I don't get excited about much. I remember when I was a teenager, my parents were very uh, on me, like, Heath, smile more. You just smile more. You should be happy. You got something to be happy about. Heath, be happy. Uh, and so I was, I really wasn't one for putting on joy. It just wasn't, wasn't my style. Didn't fit me just, just right. Do you know that you can't command somebody to have joy? You know, you can't command someone to have joy. Joy is a response to something. Joy has to be experienced. You have to feel joy within. So needless to say, it's not a gift that I really wanted, but it was a gift that Jesus knew I needed. You see, the problem, most people think God is this great killjoy. Uh, God is the God who, who, who doesn't want you to have fun. But in fact, the Bible says God is the author, the creator of joy. He made joy. It's to meant to be experienced, and he made it. But the joy that God brings, however, is not the normal style, the normal fit, the normal swagger maybe that you're used to wearing. Instead, mankind, the Bible says, uh, we have joy at the work of our own hands. We look to relationships, to family, to wealth, to our own accomplishments. Uh, we look to the pleasures of this world to find our joy in. But Solomon searched it all out, and he said, hey, I'm going to give you a little heads up. All the joy that you try to find on your own in pleasure-seeking, he said, there come a day, even in the middle of laughter, your heart can be sad. How many of that's true? Even in the middle of a crowd, you can feel alone. Even in the middle of great times and great victories, you can feel defeated. How many know that's true? Man, you can have everything in the world going for you, but on the inside, you feel like you've got nothing. Because this world's joy is different than God's joy. Even in laughter, he said, your heart can be set. You see, joy is the opposite of anxiety. 
It's looking for, when we look at anxiety, it's looking for joy in all the wrong places. Unbelief, worldly entanglements, a hurried and negative spirit. I mean, that's today. A hurried and negative spirit. All that prevents joy from getting down to the soul. And if you look at joy in the Bible, I'm going to give you two words. The first is, is happiness. Happiness defined is when something happens to you externally and it makes you glad. It happens. Happiness. It happens to you externally and you get glad. But joy is when something results within you and it comes out of you. Does that make sense? Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness is something happening to you on the outside. Joy is something experiencing on the inside. In fact, joy could be uh, described as a bubbling of the soul till it overflows on the outside. You only see the experience, the result of joy. That's why in the Old Testament, joy is expressions. So look at, if you look in the, in the Old Testament, joy was expressed. It was in singing, in music, in shouting, in dancing, even in feasting. I may say amen to that one. Feasting, uh, because it's a matter of the heart. You just see the outward effects of joy, because it's something internal that comes without. It's like a fountain that overflows. That's joy in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, joy was the opposite of sorrow, and it was because of their relationship with Christ. It was extreme gladness expressed. Extreme gladness. Turn to your neighbor and say, extreme, extreme gladness. Gladness from within coming to without. Joy, joy. There's an old song Miss T used to sing for us. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And what? The world can't take it away. Right? It's a good old gospel hymn. The world... Uh, there isn't the same kind of joy. And the joy of the Lord is the strength of God's people. That's His goal for them. God gives a greater joy. It's a joy of having His blessings on your life. It's a joy of simply knowing Him. It's a joy of what Jesus has done, what He's doing in you, and what He's going to do for you. Because joy is Jesus. Joy is Jesus. And when the Bible and the New Testament writers, they figured this out. They said, if God is the source and the object of our joy, there's a verse that says, this is a joy that's what? Unspeakable and full of glory. It's unspeakable joy. It's unexpressible joy. So if you want to have joy, you have to get more Jesus. When Paul's writing Philippians and he's in the middle of jail, he has nothing to rejoice in. Remember what he said? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You see, when God is the source of your joy, he's the object of your affection, you've always got something to be joyful about. If you can't rejoice in this season of your life, perhaps your focus is on the wrong thing. Maybe you said, though, maybe you're like me. Pastor Heath, I'm not a loud person. I'm not a raise my hand kind of person. I'm not a shout kind of person. Uh, that joy is too itchy. That joy is too loud. What would people say if I started acting that way? They would make all kinds of fun of me. I wouldn't fit in with society. That style is not in style, right? Happy people, that's not in style today, right? Joyful people is not in style today. People who are overcoming in joy is not in style today. Pastor Heath, that will make us weird and awkward. You know what everybody would say if you wore that kind of shirt? If you wore that thing? It's too loud. It's too bold. Well, it may not be the style that everyone else is wearing, but it's the style that Jesus died for. Because Jesus is joy. Look in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Isaiah 9, verse 2. 
and they're going to be on the screen here. Isaiah 9, 2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. Somebody say gladness. Gladness is joy. That's what joy means. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in what your presence. As with the gladness of a harvest, as with men when they divide the spoil. It's gladness as if you won the lottery. It's gladness as if you just came into a bunch of money. That's the kind of gladness is in the presence of God. And it's because Jesus is joy. Joy is not Jesus, but Jesus is joy. And look what happens in Luke 2, 9. Again, it's on the screen. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So there's God's presence, His Shekinah, tangible glory. They were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for who? All the people. It's not joy just for a few, it's joy for everyone. Jesus came to bring heavenly joy on the earth. And joy is in the presence of God. And it's a joy that magnifies, it's a joy that exalts, and it's a joy that's for every single person if they'll unwrap it. If they'll put it on. If they'll fit it, even if it's not in style. So let me give you three things. Jesus causes joy. Jesus had joy, and Jesus gives joy. The first is, Jesus causes joy. It's joy to the whole world. Jesus causes joy. I want you to think, just close your eyes with me for a minute. I want you to think about that time that you lived your life before Jesus. How did you feel? How happy were you? How satisfied were you? Really? Now, on the outside, you might have had everything put together. You might have been a functional addict. You might have been a, a, a faithful adulterer. You could have had uh, every secret sin in the world hidden, put away in a box, but you knew on the inside, man, things weren't right. Now, I want you to think about that time before him, and I want you to think about the time you first really met him. What did that feel like? What did it feel like when the burdens lifted? What did it feel like for the first time you knew God was real and you experienced him on the inside. Now, for some of us, maybe today that even hadn't happened yet. But for those of us that it's had, was it joyful? Was it joyful? You see, joy, joy like I said, isn't a feeling that can be commanded. It can't be commanded, but it can be experienced. And every time that Jesus came on the scene in the New Testament, people experienced joy. Now, look, just for, just to give you a few examples. Every time someone saw who he was and encountered him, they experienced joy. For instance, even John the Baptist as a preborn baby. What happened? He leaped for joy in his mom Elizabeth's womb. Tell me, explain that one. Because where Jesus is, there's joy. There's joy in the presence of God. So John the Baptist was joyful even in a preborn baby. There's joy in Jesus. The wise men, when they saw the star, remember in Luke, uh, Matthew 2.10, says, I love this because I've preached this before, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They had joy, 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 joy. You'll hear that song tonight. They had joy deep down in their soul, overwhelming, overflowing. They rejoice with exceeding joy. 
They had gladness with exceeding gladness. It's like double, triple, exponential joy. That means they danced, they shouted, they jumped up and down, they said, woo-hoo, aha. They, they glassed each other, they jumped, they said, oh my gosh, this is the guy the whole world's been waiting for since Genesis chapter 3. He's here. This is it. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh, we're living in the last days. This is, ha this is happening. We're a part of this story. We're going to be in the Bible forever. I mean, like, this is joy. It wasn't just, hey, guys, isn't it so great to be in church today? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just, we're just casually happy. They rejoiced with exceeding joy at the presence, the opportunity to meet Jesus as a baby. What can a baby do for you? But just the baby Jesus was worth jumping and shouting about. There was joy that the Messiah had come to usher in God's kingdom. Even sinners, tax collectors like Zacchaeus, Luke says, received Jesus joyfully. Even a tax collector. Because Jesus said gaining the kingdom of God is a joyful experience. He said it's worth as if you found a treasure in a hidden, a hidden treasure in a field and you were willing to sell everything out for it for the joy of what you knew you were about to gain. It meant that this joy was greater than anything I could ever purchase or own or have or attain. And I would give up everything joyfully, sacrificing my whole life to gain what Jesus was about to give me. But you have to believe the gift is that valuable. You ever had a gift that you gave someone that didn't really appreciate it because they didn't know how much you spent on it? Like, oh, thanks. Next. You're like, you know, come on, those grandkids, the parents, the grandparents, you're like, you bought all these gifts and then they're over there playing with a cardboard box, right? You just spent $400 and they're over there playing with the wrapping paper. You're like, they don't get the price tag on that gift, right? That's us. Jesus was the greatest price tag ever, greatest gift ever. Do we know the value of his kingdom? There was a joy that he came. There was a joy that he rose. When the disciples saw that he ascended up into heaven, they couldn't stop praising God in Luke 24. They went to Jerusalem with great joy that this seems too good to be true. He really is who he says he is. They were willing to die for the sake of proving to the world he is the Messiah. With great joy. There was joy that he was coming again. The New Testament writers in 1 Peter, he says that even because we're born again with this living hope of a resurrection, because you have a heavenly inheritance that will never fade, and because God is protecting you till the day he comes back, we greatly rejoice despite our earthly trials. Because you believe what he's giving you is better than what you could ever get on your own. Man, with great joy. You see, you can have joy in friends, joy in wealth, but all these are going to fade. I love what Spurgeon said. He said, joy in God is the happiest of all joys. There's other sweets, but this is the virgin honey dripping fresh from the comb. It's an abiding joy. And he says, in a word, it's celestial joy. Because Jesus is joy. Number one, Jesus caused joy. Number two, Jesus had joy. He had joy. You say, how can he, he gotta, if you're going to give joy to somebody, you've got to have joy. He had a joy, but it was different. Uh, you might have joy today, but let me ask you, would you consider yourself a joyful person? I would not have considered myself a joyful person. To some people, maybe I don't feel that way on the outside. But do you consider yourself a joyful person? And what that means is, are you full of joy? When your gas tank is full, can you put any more gas in it? No? Unless you have a spare tank, right? Joyful. Can there be any more joy in your life? 
I'd say, oh, yeah, Pastor, I could have some more joy. We have to have more Jesus. Are you joyful? Are you full of joy? Can you fit any more joy in your heart? See, everything Christ did on the earth was to demonstrate to you and to me how to live. He showed us how to pray. He showed us how to believe. He showed us how to enter in the kingdom of heaven. He showed us how to treat our neighbors. He showed us how to walk peaceably among men. He showed us everything, and he actually showed us how to have joy. So I'm going to show you a few things. Joy was the hallmark of his kingdom. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16 that joy is in the presence of God. The presence of God causes people to have joy. And Jesus had joy in really one thing, that he knew God the Father. Jesus had joy in the Father. It was, he said, to know my Father, to abide in my Father, to do my Father's will. He says, there was joy when I obeyed my Father to come as a good shepherd, to go find the one lost sheep. I have joy to do the will of God. It's my, my desire in life is to do His will. And even the Father said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. The Father was joyful in Jesus, and Jesus was joyful in the Father. That They were the source of each other's joy. And Jesus said, the thing I want to do is please the Father most, and I will willing to lay down my life to please the Father, to seek and save mankind, to bring in the lost home, because that's what my Father wants, and I'll joyfully do that. His joy was in God. So to know and abide Him. So Jesus rejoiced. There was a moment in Luke 10, right before He was going to die on the cross, at the end of His uh, ministry in Jerusalem, he, he, uh, His disciples, for a moment, they got it. And he said, uh, the Bible says in Luke uh, 10, 21, that Jesus rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. He says, Father, I'm so glad that you revealed this to simple little people, like children. I'm so glad he had greatly rejoiced in the Holy Spirit because they're understanding the truth. And Father, you're revealing it to them. He rejoiced when people got who God was. It wasn't an earthly joy. He says it was a joy in the presence or the Spirit of God. Jesus had a joy that was unspeakable, full of glory, that wasn't in what people thought about him, but was in the presence of God abiding in him and with him, and him following and doing what God wanted him to do. He rejoiced not in natural things, nor what people thought of him. He rejoiced, the Bible says, in the presence, the Holy Spirit of God. He rejoiced in joy in the presence of God. So here it is in John 15, 15 through 17, on the last days. He says, guys, I'm going to the cross. It's not going to be so great, man. I'm going to have, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be famine, war, signs and wonders. These things are going to happen. You know, the earth's going to shake. Things are going to fall from the heaven. It's going to be really, really bad. There's this guy, the Antichrist is going to come. It's going to be awful. You're all probably going to die. But don't be sad. <laughs> I got a guy coming for, to be with you. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And I'm going to leave you some peace, too. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. Never leave you nor forsake you. Got you to the very end. Okay? And then he says, he begins to pray over them. He begins to talk to them on the Mount of Olives right before he's about to be betrayed by Judas. And here's what he says in John 15, 10. And if you keep my commands, you'll abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. And here's what he says. All the things I just told you, everything I just said to you, that my, 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 my joy may be in you and that your joy now can actually be full. I'm praying over you that you, church, have my joy. Not your joy. Your joy is not full. You're not really joyful. You have earthly joy. 
You don't have full of joy. You are not joyful. He says, I'm joyful. I'm full of joy. I'm praying my joy is about to be in you. And you step over another chapter. He says, and this joy, the world can't take it from you. Come on, somebody. He said, I've got a joy that no one can take from you. And when I give it to you, you'll know it. And no one can ever get it out of you because it's going to bubble on the inside of you. It's going to be a joy like I have that's in my Father in the presence of God. That presence living on the inside of me is going to live on the inside of you. And it's abiding joy, a peace joy, a heavenly joy, celestial joy, eternal joy. Now, the question is, how do you open the package? How do you unwrap it? Under the Christmas tree, there's a present that says, to you from Jesus, and on the inside, spoiler alert, it's joy. How do you get it? How do you open it? What does it mean to open the present? How do you receive this gift? Look at Hebrews 2, 12, 12, 2. Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus already had joy before he went to the cross. So whose joy was he purchasing? Your joy. He went to the cross not for his own joy, but for your joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It was your joy that was before him. He saw on the other side of that bold, rugged cross, blood stained, its tears rolling down his cheeks, his brow beaten and bruised with thorns. And he says, for the joy set before me, it's their joy. God, I'll endure it. I'll endure it for them. Man, I, when I was praying over this this week and I read that verse, I've never heard it that way. And the Lord just spoke it into my heart and said, Heath, it was for your joy. He had joy. He was Jesus. But it was for your joy. He endured the cross. You see, because of the cross, you can have his presence living within you. Because of the cross, that's why your joy can be more than a fading feeling. Because of the cross, that's why you can count it all joy, James says, in various trials. Because God is with you, and your joy is Jesus. And the joy that you have is a result of something not happening on the outside of you, but happening on the inside of you, because it's a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. See, joy, the, Paul says in Galatians 5.22 that it's a fruit, a product, a produce of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. Those are reactions that happen on the inside of us because we have God's abiding presence on the inside. Joy is internal, and then it overflows. But it depends that Christ is the abiding in you. You see, and when this all happened, Jesus dies, he rises the Bible says in John that he breathed the Holy Spirit on them, and he says, wait into the upper room till you see the immersion of the Holy Spirit. And they receive this great immersion of power by the Holy Spirit. They've got the Holy Spirit living within them. He's resting upon them. They're walking in and out of the Holy Spirit. They're just swimming all in the Holy Spirit. And it says in Acts chapter 13, it says, and the disciples, despite persecution, were continually filled under the influence with joy and with the Holy Spirit. 
That's the two things Luke wants you to know. That in the midst of persecution, because they had the Holy Spirit on the inside, the product of their life, even when they were beaten and arrested and Paul and Peter going to jail, they were continually filled with joy. With joy. Not the worldly joy. It's like that, not like what Solomon said. He says, in the middle of this happy moment, I'm actually sad. But in the middle of the sad moment, they're actually happy. That's the kind of joy Jesus gives. While you're uh, alone in the room, sometimes in a crowd, that's the earthly way. But you can be alone in a prison cell and feel like you got everybody with you. That's the joy Jesus gives. Everybody can be against you, but as long as you know God's for you, that's the joy Jesus gives. It's a joy. Perhaps you've been content with the level of joy you've had till right now. You see, our joy is in direct proportion to how much we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. It's a consistent joy, a permanent joy, an abiding joy, a joy that in sorrow you always rejoice. And maybe, maybe if I need more joy, I'm not as full of Jesus as I ought to be. R.C. Sproul said it. He said, uh, how much, however much joy you have at this moment, there's more joy to be had. God's endless. How did he fit all that into that one little baby? I don't know, but he can fit a lot into you. He can fit all of himself into you, just like he fit all of himself into that little baby, the God of the universe. Don't you think he can fit a little bit more into you? Man, I just want to make room for more of God's presence in my heart. I want to empty out some of the stuff in my tank and say, God, just fill me with the Holy Spirit. And the result of that, I know God is going to be encountering you because Jesus is joy. And every time I encounter you, God, there is a joy that comes. And that joy, the Bible says, is your strength. Jesus is joy. Jesus had joy. And Jesus died to give you his joy. You ever had like a family heirloom that you, you keep because that person's gone, Right? My grandmother just this, this week, my grandfather passed away many years ago uh, before I took this church, and, and her present to me this year was a picture of my grandfather uh, in, a, in a photo frame, right? Now, that's special because I know he's gone, and so I'm going to keep that. It's not going anywhere. I'm not going to just put that randomly somewhere. And if I know that Jesus died, Jesus, God's Son, died for the joy set before him, endured the cross. I want to wear that shirt. Man, I don't want to care how loud it is, how itchy it might look to the people. If they don't fit in style, it's not with your jive and how you look. You might think I'm crazy. You might be ugly to you. But man, I want to wear the shirt Jesus died to give me. I want to put it on. Even if I look a little crazy, even if I don't fit in and seem a little loud, it might be a little bold for some people, but I like bright colors maybe because Jesus died to give me that. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, we want to put on the joy that is our strength, the joy that Jesus died to give us. For a joy you set before you, it was our joy that you endured the cross, that you are joy. And there is joy and gladness in your presence. And so, Father, right now, Lord, it's not about external circumstances changing. Maybe today there's bad things going on all around us in the world. Maybe we've not had the best year. But that is no limitation, God, of what you can do on the inside of us. 
We want to receive all that you've purchased for us. Jesus, we want to believe today you purchased joy for us. It's your will that every person in this room is full of joy. It's your will that every person in this room is joyful. That every negative spirit, every, everything, God, that's been done to us that seems big, all those things that people said about us that seem like it never leaves us, things that were done to us, God, that we don't know how to get rid of, that depression that keeps coming over us, those thoughts, God, that seem to attack us. We don't know how to get rid of them, but Lord, right now, I'm just asking you, Lord, just to fill us with joy. Joy, unspeakable, full of glory. We can't explain it. All we can do is receive it. This morning, you just have to believe. Do you believe Jesus died to give you joy? All you've got to do is receive it. Like any gift under the tree, all you've got to do is say, this was purchased for me. My name's on it. All I've got to do now is open it by faith. I receive that gift by faith, and I begin to open it. Right now, that just means just confessing things in your life, just giving God everything. You might have been holding on to something. Maybe today, the most important thing is you're not right with the Lord. You really need to experience Jesus for the first time. And that's where you are. In a moment, these altars are just going to be open. If anyone needs prayer, our elders, our leadership team will be here to pray with you and encourage you, lead you in the Lord. You need to just give your life completely to Jesus. I'm going to invite you just in a moment as we begin to just worship. I want you to come find a place and we'll pray with you. Maybe today you're a Christian, but joy has just not been your strength lately. Oh, would you just take him in? Just receive more of Jesus. Right here, right now. Father, I pray the joy of the Lord, God, to be in every believer of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Would you just, if that's you, would you just begin to empty yourself out and you say, God, would you just begin to fill me in this room? If you feel comfortable, you want to raise your hand.